0: Don't forget that if you join the Bugle Voluntary Subscription Scheme as a premium level voluntary subscriber, uh, we will be issuing a vinyl episode of The Bugle. What? What? I didn't know this. That's because you didn't listen to last week's (laughs) (laughs) episode. What a revelation. (laughs) The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello Buglers, and welcome to issue 4,273 of the world's first, and I sincerely hope last, audio newspaper (laughs) for a visual world. We are now deep into season 6. I think approximately .4 of an episode into season 6. Way longer than uh, the disappointing season 5. I'm Andy Zaltzman, the Michelangelo of surfing. Uh, in that, like Michelangelo, I've never been surfing and I'd rather paint some stuff on a wall than go surfing. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm more so the Michelangelo of painting stuff on walls in that, like Michelangelo, I haven't done anything even half decent for at least 48 years and 11 months. (laughs) Uh, It's the 11th of September, 2023, and this week, we are back where it all began. Sorry, not where it all began. Uh, where we occasionally used to record, when we couldn't get a studio anywhere else in the pre-pandemic pandemonium years, the studio in Cock Lane, home of the famous Cock Lane ghost named Scratching Fanny, as uh, long-term bugle listeners may, may remember, um, where the Great Fire of London apparently stopped and where we lost recorded in January 2020. Uh, and we had a science section that was, uh, well, I think we can say... Um, complacent and prescient at the same time. Uh, we spoke. We had news of a virus outbreak early in 2020. Um, uh, spoiler alert! Um, in, in case you've not been following the news since then, uh, that everyone we we said was getting too worried about. Uh, and we also had a, a report from scientists saying that hibernation uh, was possible uh, shortly before the world hibernated. Uh, so, anyway, let's. We've got to be careful. What we discuss in this episode. That's what I'm saying. This place has s- strangeness in its bones. Joining me uh, this week, um, a welcome back to uh, Nish Kumar and Tom Ballard, all in the studio together as God intended. Hooray! Back in Cock Lane. Yes. <laughs> Next week in Vaj Alley. <laughs>
1: Sorry about this rash here. I've got on my uh, arm, Andy. I'm sure it's nothing, but I just it's been, been getting on my nerves a little bit. But I just don't know what to do about it. But um, I'm sure we are be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Good
0: to see you, Andrew. How are Me you? Too. I'm uh, I'm pretty well. Um, I, I think I think we did the news quiz together uh, early in 2020 when we covered yeah it. we definitely did yeah I think we you definitely were did it.
2: yeah we we definitely. Did a bit of uh, coverage of uh, an unspecified virus, yeah. and then I guess a couple of months later, this trio uh, assembled to record one of the very early socially distanced <laughs> bugle
0: episodes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yet, we didn't do anything. You know, our satire didn't change anything or help at all in any way. So oh, like I it just know. carried on abated.
0: I mean, I think it's absolutely wiped out all viruses from, from oh, the that's world good. currently. I've not heard about. That well,
1: given that I
2: did have COVID three weeks ago, <laughs> it's embarrassing to have COVID in the summer of
3: 2023.
2: It's, it's, it's like having it's like having bubonic plague. <laughs>
1: Lame. Yeah. Get up with it, Grandpa. It's all that yeah. monkeypox <laughs> now. What are you go to do? The- Floss in a video? Yeah. <laughs> I'd just like to acknowledge that I'm wearing a Bugle T-shirt. Yes, uh, think, well done for that. Thank you. Well, it was the last clean T-shirt that I had at the moment, oh, right. so the cycle worked out well.
2: Well, <laughs> and I'd also like to say that I uh, will be bugling with a Bugle-branded butt plug up my ass. <laughs> oh,
0: right, okay.
2: <laughs> I thought it was a Cock Lane special. Right. I'd ram it right up there. Okay. And see how it affects uh, the right. uh, content of my satire. Well,
0: thanks for being one of our premium-level volunteers. LAUGHTER I think I've started to remember why I usually don't get YouTube two guys on
3: together.
0: <laughs> I think we might have to call an end of season six at this rate.
2: Right? Here's what happened I've had two coffees in quite quick succession. <laughs> oh, that's so bad be for the bad yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a, a bit
0: overstimulated. <laughs> Well, we're all very excited to be here in Cock Lane, obviously. Um, I now remember the risks of recording in this studio. (laughs) uh, We're recording on the 11th of September, 2023. So for this week's anniversary, tomorrow is the 12th of September. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow, Andy. Does the phrase never forget mean nothing to you? (laughs) Um, uh, on the the 12th of September by the time people listen to it it will be the 12th of September oh yeah that's right so it just seems more appropriate this is uh, the conventionally accepted date according to uh, Wikipedia for the Battle of Marathon in 490 BC when the uh, Greeks saw off the first Persian invasion force the battle famously gave rise to an athletics event I forget which one a a triple jump (laughs) (laughs) uh, Greek commander Miltiades escaped from uh, his Persian enemies by jumping over a river he hopped onto a small rock, skipped onto the back of a turtle, and then jumped to safety on the far side. At Marathon, also famous for being the first major battle ever fought to raise money for charity, with a significant number of participating warriors in fancy dress. <laughs> <laughs> a person complains that the Greeks only won because they were wearing high-tech new shoes that made them faster, were overruled by the adjudicator, so it's uh, st- stuck at a Greek win. Uh, in, uh, uh, the tw- on the 12th of September 1940, cave paintings were discovered in Lascaux in France known as the Les Gal Cave Paintings, or in Spain, the Vamos Cave Paintings, Or the come on cave paintings, as they're (laughs) known in in, uh, in Australia, Uh, fifteen thousand BC they've been dated to. It's amazing how much prehistoric art was painted in years at the beginnings of millenniums BC. (laughs) Because you know it's always like thirty-five thousand BC, twenty-seven thousand BC, fifteen thousand BC. I guess they probably just commissioned it to commemorate millenniums, just like we do with domes these days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everything just gets rounded up, Andy.
2: Like eventually the past just all gets rounded up to the. We're basically recording this in nineteen (laughs) hundred.
0: <laughs> um, on the walls, uh, in the cape, any guesses? What was on the walls? Fucking bison. Of course it's was f-ing bison.
2: <laughs> Always with the Come bison. Come
0: on, I'd add one drawing of a car. <laughs> you nope. telling me prehistoric people didn't have a sense of humour? <laughs> um, on this day in 19, what, well, on tomorrow's day in 1962, <laughs> the 12th of September, John F. Kennedy delivered his famous We Choose to Go to the Moon speech. Um, he said, We choose to go to the moon not because it is easy, but because we can't let the commies get there. <laughs> uh, sadly, the moon turned out to be a lot further away than uh, Kennedy or anyone else had thought at the time. Estimates in 1962 suggested the moon was only 120 metres across <laughs> and a mere two miles off the ground. They planned to do it within a week, using a trampoline and a simple rocket-propelled backpack, or by getting an astronaut to straddle a giant firework whilst wearing flying goggles. And NASA then acknowledged the folly of hiring Warner Brothers animation director <laughs> Chuck Jones, creator of the Wile E. Coyote franchise character as head of lunar missions. Uh, the Soviets, meanwhile, focus on the theory that suppressing poetry and starving our own people to death in their millions would accelerate space travel by incentivizing cosmonauts to get the f*** out of the <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> Kennedy, sadly himself was destined never go- to go to the moon as his career petered out rapidly the following year when he was assassinated by... Oh God, is that, is that public domain yet? He's, he has gone down in my estimation. <laughs> Excellent snooker player, but that is unacceptable behaviour. <laughs> As always, a section of The Bugle is going straight in the bin. Um, uh, This week, a home worsening section. uh, Home improvement was all the rage a few years ago. It has now become very passé as more and more people look to make their homes worse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Everything comes and goes in cycles. Various reasons. um, uh, Not wanting to be surrounded by the trappings of privilege. uh, The cruel batterings of modern economics amongst the the reasons people make their homes worse. Uh, So we look at the latest home worsening um, accoutrements you can get. The one-legged sofa. Uh, for example, the best trip hazards to make you clock up a minimum of five toast dubbings per week. Uh, we <laughs> advise you how to maximise uh, the mouldiness of your carpets. Uh, lighting, some lighting tips. You can now get interrogation lights from former Black Ops CIA sites on the internet, and they can make you feel really uncomfortable in your own kitchen. So you uh, might want to consider that. And in terms of painting, we suggest uh, painting everything a mi- mildly depressive grey uh, using the leftovers from your recent home improvement drive. Uh, that section is in the bin. Top story this week. The G20 have met and they have, well, you're never going to guess this. They've issued a statement. Um, it's hard to overstate quite how exciting <laughs> a moment this is. for the, world. the issuing of a statement by leaders of the world's leading economic uh, economic powers. We previewed the G20 on last week's show here to review all the action uh, from India, um, if we can still call it that. Uh, my two G20 expert correspondents, Nish and, and Tom. Um, I mean, what would the what would the highlights be for you? Because I mean, in, in terms of the statement, and it came to Ukraine. They've called on states to refrain from the threat or use of force to seek territorial acquisition, and you can imagine Moscow literally <laughs> shitting itself in its boots at those words.
2: Listen, a lot of a lot of the naysayers will come together and say the G20 is nothing but a glorified photo opportunity and it's actually a waste of time for a lot of people who should have much more significant things on their plate. And to those people I would say this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. It's a complete waste of everyone's fucking time, everyone's fucking money. It's a complete and utter shit show. Uh, the um yeah, the the they came together uh, under a slogan uh, of one earth, one family, one future. And I would say Given Hitler's slogan, <laughs> I would, where possible, avoid a slogan that involves repeated use of the word one. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, and in terms one of. What nation, is... One motion, one colour? I mean, yeah. these all yeah. good yeah. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, it, I I don't think that was an ideal slogan uh, choice. Yeah, the um in terms of Ukraine, yeah, there was a a statement that was actually a watered down version of last year's even more watered downs. <laughs> like it's getting worse and worse. It's a homeopathic approach <laughs> to diplomacy. There's the memory of diplomacy somewhere in the comment, but it actually has no medical impact whatsoever. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, on climate change, uh, they said the uh, there was a statement released as said the G20 countries will pursue and encourage efforts to triple renewable energy capacity globally through existing targets and policies. No new targets, no new policies announced. Uh, Bear in mind the G20 nations account for uh, depending on which estimate you read, either 75 or 80% of greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, You thought there might be a more uh, stronger statement Uh, and this is ahead of the uh, upcoming Global Climate Change Summit which is happening in, can you guess where? Oh yeah, that's right, the United Arab Emirates, (laughs) which is basically like a vegan conference happening in a f***ing McDonald's. <laughs> and, you know, but is it a surprise that they were able to achieve nothing? It, it, it's a group of world leaders that means that there are going to be some spicy customers present. Sure. Okay? Probably chief amongst them. Uh, Vladimir Putin was not present. Uh, Russia were not present. And China uh, also didn't uh, send a delegation. She was not present. However, wh- who a man who was present was Mohammed bin Salman mm. of Saudi Arabia. The man who puts the Mohammed bin Salman into the phrase... U.S. intelligence believes Mohammed bin Salman <laughs> authorised the assassination of Washington Post
1: journalist Jamal Khashoggi. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say it's just a uh, photo opportunity, but they didn't even f- do the photo. <laughs> the family photo did not go ahead. The G20 family photo, no reason was officially given. Reports say many leaders refused to be photographed pointing to Russia's presence at the summit, and I was furious. The G20 family photo has been my number one masturbation material for years. <laughs> I look forward to it like Christmas, those dignitaries smiling awkwardly, looking deeply uncomfortable in local traditional dress used to make me absolutely rock hard <laughs> and I've been able to have a new G20 jizz tuggy for two years. That's, thanks a lot, Putin. <laughs> Andy, you're not saying anything? <laughs>
0: no. Oh, I'm saying a lot on
1: the inside.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Ukraine um, fought understatement with understatement. Um, it took part in last year's summit, but was NFI this year. And uh, responding to this <laughs> statement, that calling on states to refrain from the threat or use of force, um, uh, said the statement was nothing to be proud of, mm. which is a rather polite way of saying um, an absolute <laughs> Disgrace and betrayal of all humanity um, Exciting though There is a new permanent member of the G20 The African Union uh, I don't, are, we gonna have to, are they going to have to do new merch at G21 now, Or is someone going to get relegated um, Listen As a nation Britain has been trying We've been trying to be
2: relegated out of the G20 We're
0: doing our level best
1: oh, It's going to be Australia isn't it
0: I can feel it <laughs> no. Um. One of the other big stories to, to, to emerge from the, uh, the conference was the use of, um, well, a, a, a different name for India on some of the official pronunciations. Bharat, uh, apologies if I've pronounced that terribly. How, how would you go with that, niche?
2: Bharat. I would. I, but again. Yeah. Uh, 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 as I'm constantly reminded by my Indian family, I am, quote, not a real Indian. <laughs> and as I'm constantly reminded by the British press, but I'm not a real British person, either. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of exist in a liminal space between nationalities. Brilliant.
0: What, so someone like, hovering over the Turkish airspace somewhere? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Schrodinger's dude. <laughs> um, are you suggesting Schrodinger kept a hot dude in a box in his- <laughs> There are no heroes anymore. <laughs> um
2: no, I think I think uh, I think Schrodinger was a total <laughs> b- <laughs> I, yeah, I'm pretty so, sure. Well, so Schrodinger.
0: Cat. <laughs> 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 um yes, there's there's a few uh Yeah. I think we can uh, creditably credibly call them question marks over his behavior. <laughs> <laughs> uh so explain this uh this it it is an uh, you know an official name of of India. But it still it splits opinion in India what, you know, what how it should be used and when it should be used
2: yeah Bharat is the uh, the Sanskrit term um, for uh, the nation of India but it's a bit more complicated than that because it sort of refers to a a, a a larger territory than the modern nation of India um, that inc- extends uh, actually down towards Indonesia as well um, uh, it, It's there's been a kind of uh, f- over the last sort of 20 years there's been a kind of movement to move away from uh, either Mughal or British colonial names uh, for Places in India. Uh, Bombay became Mumbai, uh, Bangalore became Bengaluru. Um, And so this feels like a sort of um, logical extension of that potentially, but it's very difficult uh, to not see this as a kind of. a problem that has gripped the bjp which is a kind of obsession with nationalistic symbols instead of in lieu of actually doing things that might help people and and here's the thing about narendra modi say what you will about him and you will be in jail <laughs> <laughs> he, he he i would describe his relationship with certain communities in india i'd describe him as being muslim skeptic <laughs> i think that's is that the best way to characterize he's muslim skeptic he's he's got a sort of he's yet to be he's yet to fall down one way or the other <laughs> on the whole uh, Muslim question, um, and uh, <laughs> the Muslim
1: question. Yeah,
2: it's it's he, there's a real. He's he's not a good guy, uh, and uh, he's kind of. He, this this is sort of seen it feels like this is another kind of publicity stunt uh, designed to kind of drum up a nationalistic fervour and there was something interesting this week where he uh, had all the world leaders uh, walk without shoes and socks uh, in tribute to Mahatma Gandhi and the reason that is interesting is because uh, Narendra Modi himself has been pretty keen to invoke uh, the memory of Mahatma Gandhi, however uh, a lot of his uh, supporters are pretty hostile towards Gandhi uh, and the roots of the BJP have has a kind of roots in an organization called the RSS, which is a kind of Hindu nationalist paramilitary organization that has traditionally been pretty hostile to Gandhi, especially one man, Natharam Godse, who was so hostile that he assassinated Mahatma Gandhi. And I would say that is too hostile. <laughs> I would say if you're assassinating somebody, you've gone too far. What happened to a strongly worded
0: letter, Godse? <laughs> Did British rule leave no legacy behind? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. If you
2: really had a problem with Gandhi, you should have learned from the British and taken him over using a string of complex borderline incomprehensible trade agreements.
1: That's I was interested in this. Some people obviously not uh, on board with the whole idea of officially changing the country uh, to Bharat. This is Shashi Tharoor, a lawmaker for the Indian National Congress Party. While there is no constitutional objection to calling India Bharat, which is one of the country's two official names, I hope the government will not be so foolish as to completely dispense with India, which has incalculable brand value built up over centuries. <laughs> so I think she's done a lot of market research out there, a lot of focus testing, found that consumers strongly associate the name India with the country that heaps of people call it India.
0: <laughs> Calling oh, India
1: <laughs> India is extremely on brand for India.
0: Uh, Shashi Thoreau is a man. He's oh, a man. He's oh, very I'm much sorry. a man. Yep, I apologise. Why did him, I, think I think that? He's written books about cricket, I think. <laughs>
2: he was also like under-secretary to the UN. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Ooh, we all judge people by different parameters in terms of the importance of their work. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask Tom to
1: pick that line up, but I think we'll keep it. Yeah, right? great.
2: Excellent.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> he was, uh, was
2: under-Secretary-General of the United Nations. <laughs> <laughs> he, you just said, I think he wrote some books about cricket. <laughs> 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 yeah. Christ alive, (laughs) I will say this for you, Andrew. You've got a world for you, and he is ultimately inflexible.
0: (laughs) A number of uh, world leaders were criticised for giving Modi, quotes, a free pass at this summit, uh, despite his persecution of uh, Muslims and other minorities in India. But that is one of the problems with the G20, because uh, most of those countries do not have uh, even the flimsiest of legs to stand (laughs) on. And if countries start... Boycotting other countries because of morally objectionable behaviour, it would not be a G20, it would be a G0. (laughs) It might benefit humanity a bit more.
2: What I would say, Andy, is with your idea of a G0... Would that achieve any less <laughs> than a G20? If if they had just hired a hall and left it empty <laughs> for the exact amount of time of the G20 summit,
1: would we be in any sort of different position than we are now? <laughs> yes, exactly the same amount of climate action yeah, and yeah, condemnation yeah, yeah. of the Russian Federation. That's true. <laughs> Dude,
0: it would cost a lot less. Would save a lot of money too, actually. <laughs> Britain going to shit update now <laughs> and as if um, things weren't already going bad enough uh, in reality um, Liz Truss <laughs> is bringing a book out um, Tom I know you're hugely excited about this as a fan of so, all the three works uh, it's um, entitled 10 Years to Save the West <laughs> uh, the subtitle presumably being after my six weeks uh, in charge um, I mean what's what are you most looking forward to from this well, promises to be one of the Landmark literary productions of of this and any other millennium. It's going to be huge.
1: Ten years to save the West. Yes, follow up to a, a previous work. Forty four days to. The country. (laughs) So she's done that. So surely she knows the reverse way to do that. And I think step one—I've had a preview of the book. I think step one of saving the West is make sure Liz Truss doesn't become prime minister again. (laughs) Step two is—is she PM again? No good. Keep doing that. Let's press (laughs) on. So I think it's going to be amazing, peppered with newsworthy anecdotes from her time in public life, such as a memorable last meeting with Queen Elizabeth II. (laughs) Her last meeting. Her challenges to Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping as foreign secretary. Her encounters with the Trump administration as trade minister, and a dismay at the political class attempts to betray Brexit, this book will be a timely warning about the perils facing conservatism in the years ahead. So, thank God that conservatism is going to be getting this warning from someone who knows how to f- things up properly.
2: I'm excited about this book. From the publishers that brought you the Joseph Fritzl Guide to Parenting. <laughs> Comes How to Save the West from a woman who, to be fair, murdered the pound and the queen.
0: <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. We, we don't know about the pound.
2: All I'm... Sorry- <laughs> it's Uh, Yeah, she was promoting it uh, in the Daily Mail, which for international listeners is basically Der Sturmer for the men called Nigel who live in the home counties and like Formula One. Uh, And uh, she promoted it. uh, The whole, the title of the book, the premise of the book and her promotion of the book seem hell-bent on indulging the most cranky of crankish conspiracy theories from the hard right on the internet. Um, She said, uh, I really fear for the future of the West. We have seen very slow growth for several decades and our culture... is being questioned even basic things like human biology Uh, at the same time uh, the same thing has happened across the western world at one G7 meeting I thought actually I'm the only conservative in the room here you've got Biden in the US Trudeau in Canada and Macron in France it's it really is like she really is indulging like there is a genuinely dangerous side to this like she's indulging some of the uh, most unpleasant uh, conspiracy theories about like great replacement theory and about how the west is uh, under threat but the important thing to remember is she is f***ing shit and she can ruin absolutely everything so there is a chance that Liz Truss could be the solution. She's actually said uh, of the upcoming US election that what we really need is a Republican back in the White House Biden should be printing that on posters right now. A woman who was Prime Minister for less time than the lifespan of a lettuce is now openly endorsing uh, Donald Trump and you know I think she, she does know how to build a political career. It's just not a good one. Liz Truss Truss's recipe for a political career is take Margaret Thatcher's Wikipedia page and add in a metric ton of crystal meth. And
0: <laughs> bang, you've got yourself a political philosophy. Um, I was intrigued by this bit of the blurb. Uh said that Truss will warn that too many of her fellow conservatives have allowed themselves to be captured by the left-wing influences that set the agenda and frame the debate. Mm. Uh, now, bearing in mind that she is a conservative prime minister, she <laughs> has been followed by another conservative prime minister. She was preceded by <laughs> three other conservative prime ministers. Um, uh, they have been, certainly in Britain, you know, uh, running, if that's the right to term, the country for, th- for 13 years. I mean, when your governments and national leaders have become conspiracy theorists about who is really running stuff <laughs> you know you've got problems as a species
1: no the, the big problem with the world today is the left has too much power and it's yeah. yeah. a too left wing and economics is too lefty and it's lefty 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 yeah. she
2: literally used the phrase global left she said the global left was in control ideas like redistributionism which I don't, I'm not completely convinced that's a word but <laughs> business being bad the anti-growth people like Extinction Rebellion and Just Stop Oil those are the ideas that have made the running in the last decade and who can can forget just stop oil's victory in the 2016 <laughs> presidential election. It was a big surprise that uh, an organisation that at the point that at that point didn't exist won a US presidential <laughs> election. But it was a, a really really huge, uh, really really huge moment. I mean, if there are people that think businesses are bad, I would say that's largely been the fault of businesses.
0: <laughs> uh, she also said. Um, only if the West recommits to building both strong societies and strong economies. There's a bit of a credibility gap here, um, uh, given the essential demolition of society by successive Conservative <laughs> governments and her own economic strategy seemingly being designed during uh, during an opium-fueled Jenga session. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> Uh, also, she says, o- only, only then can we guarantee voters a free and meaningful choice in their destiny. Uh, a free and meaningful choice. Well, I mean, just from a British point of view, we have First past the Post, we have the House of Lords, and we have her as a Prime Minister <laughs> chosen by a fraction of a percent of... Yeah. <laughs> the fraction of the percent of most lunatic people in the country. Yeah, Um,
2: and bear in mind our current Prime Minister is a Conservative who was chosen by a fraction of a percent of that fraction of a percent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that you're building societies. Let's start with schools. okay, Liz, let's just build actual (laughs) buildings that aren't crushing (laughs) children in the head. Then focus on building your right-wing Conservative utopia. You crazy lady. (laughs)
0: Oh, that takes us on to our, our next story. That well, the, 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 that 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 you've just hinted at there. The, the concrete in schools story. I mean, normally at this point of the year, you've got the new school year. Your focus is on buying new shoes for your children. You know, them seeing their friends again. The excited anticipation of another nine months as de facto guinea pigs in the social engineering experiments of whoever the current government is. <laughs> Sorry, being big people at school. And uh, the reason um, uh, is because for decades uh, we've been using aerated concrete that is lighter, less dense and less durable and more prone to sudden catastrophic collapse than regular concrete. Raising the question, you know, who looked at concrete and thought, I tell you what this stuff needs to be. It needs to be a bit more brittle. (laughs) it's been used in a lot of schools hospitals and other uh, public buildings many of which are pretty high up the list of buildings you would really rather did not suddenly collapse um, uh, which is quite a hotly contested uh, list uh, to be honest Uh, and the problem with it as a building material is that it's only safe for strapping short term planning fans 30 years or to put it in terms you might more easily understand if you're a fan of buildings approximately 1.5% of the uh, lifespan of an ancient Roman Colosseum or uh, just slightly less than 1 and a half jimmy anderson's england cricket career <laughs> um, i mean that's not really <laughs> he's got a world view <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: not
0: really um uh, 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 that's not enough is it for a for a building such as a a, a school
1: 30 well we're talking about you know state schools here and yeah. under tories how long are they going to last really i mean like you know what's yeah, the lifespan perfect. on public education system <laughs> you know so essentially,
0: like, so i mean I, does, I guess tap into that fundamental question of of government, do we actually need children? Yes. (laughs) What do they do? do? Why do we allow them? At best, they're going to grow up and vote Labour. Sure. (laughs) um, Until they grow up and and find sense. Um, So, yeah, I mean, maybe this is just part of the... Part of the plan, part, part
2: of the plan just to get rid of children. Yeah. Also, they just whinge about things like, "Oh, we can't afford houses, and the climate's collapsing." Yeah. Whinges, yeah, exactly.
0: Well, and also, you know, yeah, education in this country has long been designed to spiritually crush children, <laughs> really take it into a physical
2: realm. Yeah, it's not. It's not a great week for metaphors, laying it on too thick.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I think it might have been the most metaphorical summer we've had in this country. We've just had, you know, lonely turds sunbathing on. British beaches, (laughs) metaphor for for national decline, and now crumbly schools. (laughs) I actually,
2: uh, I'm uh, making a TV show for Sky here, where I go and work for local newspapers. And last week, I was working for the South Wales Argus, and we went down to a river and an actual scientist, like who, who works on river pollution. When when I asked him about the state of the River Usk in Wales, he used the phrase, the E. coli is the least of our problems. Oh, <laughs> I I was talking to him and uh, the singer Charlotte Church who's very involved in the campaign to clean up that river I I can't remember which of the two of them it was but one of the two of them definitely used the phrase the eco lies at least (laughs) around problems Yeah, we've got rivers full of shit we've got collapsing schools uh, and there are a lot of questions uh, for Rishi Sunak because officials uh, uh, former officials from the Department for Education have alleged that Sunak uh, was told how grave the risk was of these buildings when he was Chancellor and refused to commit the cash needed to keep Uh, the buildings upright and the children safe so that there are questions swirling for Rishi Sunak uh, which adds to the list of my questions for him which are why don't you
0: (laughs) off and how did you get to be so much of a (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well some experts have suggested that the cost of repairing all these buildings could be as much as 150 million pounds but using the approach adopted by Sunak as chance you can bring that price down considerably By just not bothering to do anything about it, which constitutes a bargain in public uh, spending terms. Another way of doing it is you've got to work the statistics. Um, So if you have, say, 147 schools awaiting repairs and you tell 142 of those schools that they're not going to get those repairs – you have reduced the number of schools <laughs> waiting for repairs from 147 to 5, which is pretty much fixing the problem.
1: It's, it's, and it's an educational experience, yeah. right? You're teaching children how to problem solve. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> the school around you is about to collapse and kill you all. What are you going
0: to do? Yeah. Well, you're teaching them physics. Physics. You're teaching them... Engineering. Engineering. Yeah. Economics. You know, yep. the dangers of insane short-term cost-cutting. <laughs> yes. te- it's good for you know physical education. It's learning to run away as fast as <laughs> yeah. possible. You're yeah. going to have some high quality of these sprinters coming through. Design and technology. You're building um, hats that
2: can withstand falling concrete. Love that, love that. Um, And best of all, they're not talking about bloody gender.
0: Am I I (laughs) right, guys? The head of the National Audit Office uh, here suggested that there has not been sufficient focus from government on what he described as unflashy but essential tasks, which clearly include stopping buildings falling on people's heads. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The kind of thing you can only turn your attention to as a government once you finish the more important tasks, such as very slightly reducing the journey time from London to Birmingham, training robot pterodactyls to pick asylum seekers up in their beaks and fly them to Rwanda. can I just
2: say, yep. that sentence could have stopped before the word on. <laughs> uh, I think you could just have put out a statement saying there has not been sufficient focus from the government and leave it at that. <laughs> that. That's a catch-all coverage <laughs> for, the la- for the last 13 years of conservative <laughs> rule in this country. Uh, particularly the last sort of two years where the principal
0: focus has been which one of the <laughs> is going to be king <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jeremy Hunt. Chancellor of the second. He's a the name government, to the government, follow that. <laughs> the government uh, will spend whatever it takes, but only from the existing education. <laughs> <level>. So, <laughs> essentially, the choice is between having schools that might fall down, but still have teachers and facilities in them, or having uh, no schools, but with teachers and facilities standing around <laughs> in empty fields. It's a tough call. It is. Unquestionably a tough call. (laughs) Football news now. Um, And, well, the Spanish uh, football smooch um, (coughs) Ferrago story uh, is apparently reaching uh, what will hopefully be a conclusion with the resignation of Luis Rubiales, the uh, president of the Spanish uh, FA. Um, uh, In the fallout from him... um, Grabbing World Cup winner Jenny Hermoso uh, by the cheeks, essentially, and planting an uninvited kiss on her lips uh, at what should have been a moment of uh, glory for women's sport in general and the Spanish national uh, women's football team in particular. I think there are fairly basic rules. This is—I mean—the story has been going on for a few weeks since the World Cup final in uh, in August. Um, There are fairly basic rules, I think, as a man. Presenting awards of any kind or being part of the sort of awards at the uh, um, women's sporting event. Um, one is don't grab your balls when celebrating something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, which Rubiales fell down on. And two is don't grab an athlete by the face and plant a big smooch on her lips, uh, either with or without the cameras of the world trained upon you. And he's gone over for 2 on those. <laughs> and only now some, what's it, three weeks on has finally quapped. So, uh, I mean... Tom, I know you—you know, you, you are a sports skeptic. I think it's—it's <laughs> it's fair to say you've not embraced humanity's greatest creation fully into your soul. That's fair. Yep. Uh, what, what have you? I mean, is he just a, a victim of the fact that we've, yeah, you know, for whatever reason? we've moved on from the universally accepted rule of human life that men can do what they want when they want <laughs> I think so.
1: I think it's PC gone mad. Yeah. I feel good about weighing in on this story because it involves my two favourite things, sport and kissing women. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome to my
3: wheelhouse.
1: <laughs> uh, look, I mean, it's a terrible story, full solidarity with Hermoso and yes, God, this guy <laughs> was no good. He kind of apologised to people who were offended initially and then tried to stay there and has eventually stepped down. It's great. But, you know, we should on the bright side. We should celebrate the progress. I mean, men's sexual assault scandals are now in women's football. And that's (laughs) extraordinary. And people are tuning in and caring, okay? Maybe there are little boys at home watching this on the news, Eddie, and thinking, maybe one day I could be a sex pest in women's football. (laughs) And I think, or as I call it, football
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i'm an ally i guess um what was the thing he was he was grabbing his crotch while when they won
0: what was yes. he doing uh well i mean that's the obvious thing to do isn't it if you're the representative of your nation's yeah. uh, football football association and your team is winning a tournament i mean who who wouldn't instinctively grab their nuts <laughs> in celebration <laughs> i mean you've you've, you've you, you you do it, Nish. I've seen you do it at, at <coughs> the Indians football on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, Tuesday football, I do. I is see, that how it, you
0: injured your head? Yeah. <laughs> I should say, N- Nish is uh, performing this week heroically. He's an inspiration to everyone with his hand in a, quite an elaborate cast.
2: Yeah, I've broken my little finger um, because I uh, sat on my hand whilst in goal at side Football, which I think it's probably means I'm officially middle aged <laughs> I think sustaining a minor injury whilst playing extremely low standard sport don't um, lie Nish you sat on your hand make it feel like it wasn't yours <laughs> and then you <laughs> grab your crotch we've all been there. I sat on my hand forgot that I had my bugle brand rack <laughs> butt plug up there <laughs> smashed straight into the finger broke the finger broke the butt plug oh no it was a des- I-, I would say it was one of my least favourite Tuesdays at <laughs> uh, uh, we came. uh, As I was explaining the state of my injury to Andy, Chris came in sporting something of a uh, sort of mild shiner on his face. Did it transpire as you did how, Christopher?
1: I uh, top-edged a cricket ball into my own face. That's (laughs) the official line. Uh, I'm just going to go with the uh, new official line. You punch me in the (laughs) face. (laughs) (laughs) and broke your hand doing it. (laughs) Anyway, while that was all happening,
2: Ballard was doing a funny dance. Celebrating never playing sport and never being injured from sport. Sports for losers. (laughs) I I have my body's entirely healthy and I don't do anything with it. (laughs) Um, So he's he's quit because he says that he wants to, uh, um, he can't continue with his work and that he doesn't want to affect uh, Spain's bid to host the 2030 uh, World Cup. And uh, he went on to say this I have faith in the truth and will do everything in my power to prevail. My daughters, my family, and the people who love me have suffered the effects of excessive persecution as well as many falsehoods but it is also true that on the street more and more every day the truth is prevailing <laughs> and to that we say brother we've seen the video <laughs> this isn't a case of he said she said this is a question of we saw <laughs> we all watched the video happen we all thought that's not cool you described it as mutual and consensual which doesn't work if it's only one party saying
0: it
3: <laughs> um, on the street on the street
0: it lead mean, to I mean, it wasn't extraordinary to take, take back through the narrative. On the 20th of August, England um, allowed Spain to win the Women's World <laughs> Cup in order to help advance the cause of equality in Spain. <laughs> We've got it all sorted here, so I didn't need to win. And, uh, yeah, so Spanish players were collecting their, their medals. Rubiales, um, <laughs> fresh from grabbing his nutsack, gra- uh, grasped Jenny Hermoso, record goal scorer for the Spanish national team with over 100 international caps, and planted a vigorously masculine kiss on the lips. The apology the next day... Was, I don't know. I mean, half-assed <laughs> seems a, an incredible overstatement. He said this at a moment of maximum excitement. <laughs> now, for a start, <laughs> yeah. that is a phrase when you are apologising for doing something wrong to a woman, and you are a man. Do not say at a moment of maximum excitement. It just it conjures up wrong images. Anyway. Yeah, it wasn't half-assed, but it was whole dick. <laughs> <I don't- laughs> Um, it's it's, it's,
1: Maximum <laughs> excitement is my porn name by the way, that's, a, <laughs> a, that's how I perform it
0: What happened happened in a very spontaneous manner, it has caused a controversy in some sectors and some people appear to have been upset and therefore I have to apologise
2: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something that was drafted by the G20 <laughs> to be absolutely fair <laughs> um,
1: Please ignore this gun at my head.
0: <laughs> well, let's finish uh, this week with a quick uh, crime section. Uh, exciting week for crime around the world. We had a very <laughs> exciting prison break in uh, in London um, in which uh, a, a terrorist a suspect who was awaiting trial um, escaped from Wandsworth Prison, not far from where where, where Nish and I live in South, <laughs> yeah. South London. Um Ignor- Coincidence? Ignoring. Uh, well, due to you know lack of funding, our prison uh, stock is in not great repair and is generally underfunded, and the, the staff is underpaid, un- and undervalued, and overworked. Uh, and he ignored the "please don't escape" signs. <laughs> managed to get out of one's jail by clinging on the bottom of a food truck. Yeah. Um, he made the one. He was then recaptured three or four days later. Um... Having not got very far, uh, (laughs) just wandering around the towpath of a canal in North London, um, (laughs) prison authorities uh, had appealed for a completely innocent person to volunteer to go into prison to balance out the... Massage the stats. Um, The one-in-one-out puzzle. (laughs) You've
2: you've really buried the lead on this story, Soltzman. The reason that this has captured the imaginations of the people of this country is the guy was f***ing hot. He's hot. (laughs) The, guy, the guy, He was a hottie on the run, man. <laughs> I mean, he was fit, man. The guy on the run was fit. That's why everybody's been following this story. The guy on the run was an absolute smoke
1: shot.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> they, they leaked his mug shot and everyone agreed. The guy was fucking fit. I think he
0: good. I think uh, the judge should
1: take that into account.
0: I'm quite a lot older than you guys, probably a decade and a half. And to me, I just thought terrorist suspects look so young
2: <laughs> it's also I mean presumably there's some rack knocking around in some prisons we're going to start seeing prisoners escape just by slowly pushing the
0: walls of their cell and watching I them melt like aero bars. I, I think most of our prisons are too old to have something as advanced as aerated concrete in it's like the Shawshank Redemption but you just punch through the wall to get out immediately <laughs> And well, some crime uh, across the pond in uh, in America um, involving <laughs> potential future president and uh, actual past president uh, Donald Trump, <laughs> notorious uh, cancerous cyst on American democracy, facing more court cases than you can shake a stick at, and as a result, <laughs> as a result, of it, um, uh, some are suggesting that the Fourteenth Amendment could be brought into action to pre- prevent him from running uh, for office uh, again. Uh, under the, So the 14th Amendment, I mean, they did get quite a lot of the initial constitution wrong, hence they kept needing to amend it. And <laughs> some of those amendments have really not gone well for them. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think it states that you can't run for president if you are a certifiable <laughs> f***ing lunatic in terms <laughs> everything America claims to hold dear. So, I mean, Nish, where do you see this? Uh, I know you've, you've followed uh, the, uh, every single court case donald trump's ever been involved in
2: um yeah i'm a, I'm a huge fan of the legal process yeah. <laughs> i love a john grisham book the, and this is the john grisham novel of presidencies <laughs> it's uh yeah um it, it, the thing with the 14th amendment section three of the 14th amendment bars people who have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the country from holding federal office. And, I mean, listen, that does seem a relatively sensible thing. It doesn't does seem it? like you should elect somebody to run the government who doesn't agree with the existence of the government. <laughs> like, it, it sort of feels a little bit like, you know, you're fireproofing by an arsonist.
0: But, like... That's very it, woke of you, Nish. And yeah. by, woke, by woke, I, of course, mean something I disagree
3: with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and
2: the thing with Trump is, at the end of the day, if only there was concrete evidence of him trying to incite a rebellion. if only there was evidence of him standing in front of his supporters, instructing them to fight like hell. <laughs> it, 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 he, he's the Luis Rubiales of the US presidency, <laughs> both in terms of his penchant for sexual assault and his... The absolute fact that we have video evidence of him doing the thing he's alleged to be doing I, I it is puzzling to me how we haven't managed to secure a conviction on this guy Well
1: well on be... the streets' niche the truth is prevailing
3: <laughs> and by the streets
1: I mean 4chan
3: <laughs> <laughs> and Facebook yes. well, so you've got
1: to be
0: careful with the term concrete evidence <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Bugle. Thank you very much for uh, for listening. Um, I think we've had something for everyone. (laughs)
3: Um,
0: I think Chris has remembered
2: why we continue doing these in Zoom.
0: (laughs) Everybody gets a bit too giddy. (laughs) Uh, Tom, have you got anything to,
1: to plug? <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> apart from Nisha's arsehole. <laughs> Don't
2: worry, guys. The rack has completely, <laughs> and I cannot stress this enough, collapsed into oblivion. It's
1: dissolved. You're more rack than man now. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will. The soluble butt plug is one of nature's great inventions. <laughs> um, people in Australia can come see my show Yes, No, my comedy lecture about Australia's referendum process you, it's good. (laughs) Uh, That's coming to Canberra, Melbourne and Sydney uh, across September and August. All the details at comedy.com.au. September and August. Uh, September and October.
3: October the months go the other way. (laughs) 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 Um. Racist.
0: (laughs) September, October. It's always hemispherist.
2: If you live in the United Kingdom or Ireland, you can watch my stand-up comedy special, Your Power, Your Control, on Sky on demand or Now TV. Uh, There will be it will be available to buy globally once I've worked out how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It will it will genuinely it will genuinely be available. I can't stop you from pirating it if you have a VPN. (laughs) I can't do that, but I would rather you wait until I sell it officially. Here's what I would say. Pirate it and then
0: buy it. You know what? This is even for me a bad plug. <laughs> there is a live bugle show this coming Saturday, the sixteenth of September, at the Leicester Square Theatre. So there are a few tickets still available. I think. About Chris? five. Oh right, okay. Oh, don't bother. Ignore that. Um, <laughs> no, no. Sell the last five, Andy. Andy there's still five available. Uh, we should be announcing some more live shows uh, soon. Uh, hopefully, early uh, that will be happening early next year. Um, in the meantime, you can listen to me on the news, Chris. Tom is making his newsquiz debut this week as well, so you can hear more of uh, more of him. Um, it's just like uh, this, right? It's, it's just like this. They do language. edit some of the rude bits out, man. I'm just going to flag that up.
2: <laughs> this episode would have been a minute long. <laughs> it would have been, hello, I'm Andy Zaltzman. It would have been us saying our
0: names and then a hard cut to Tickets for the live show. <laughs> that's it that, that, there's, there's nothing more to say if you want to join the Bugle voluntary subscription scheme uh, and uh, get hold of the vinyl record whenever it comes out in the uh, nearest future uh, or to help keep the show free, flourishing and independent go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button
1: Listen now.